as a small business owner, you have to be willing to pivot, to make changes. Don't just be structured in, I'm sorry, that's not on the agenda. That's not what I'm supposed to do. That's not part of the plan. Because I think when you put yourself within that box, it's really hard to get out of. So if you start a business, I think taking those initial steps is opening up your mind, opening up your heart, opening up your capability for suggestive criticism and, you know, take all of that in and then build your decisions off of it. Welcome to the Women Choosing Growth podcast, where we feature inspiring stories of success, challenges of growth and lessons learned from women entrepreneurs, industry experts and thought leaders who have been through the growing pains inevitable as an entrepreneur. Whether you are just getting started or are looking to scale up your business, our show is designed to provide you with the tools, resources, and community you need to grow your business. Join your host, Tina Sue, a lifelong entrepreneur and business growth advisor, as we explore topics such as marketing, sales, finance, leadership, and personal growth, all tailored specifically to the needs of women entrepreneurs. So if you're ready to grow your business faster and smarter, then this podcast is for you. Thanks for tuning in and let's get started. I think we all know it's not always easy for women to ask for help. I know so many women entrepreneurs who want to have all the answers and have a great plan that is all thought out before they even start or those who are scared to make changes to their existing business because of the unknown. Well, today's guest is Valerie Boyd, founder of Colorado Safety and Supply Company, and she shares how she did the exact opposite to be successful. She asked nearly everyone for help, and it definitely made a huge difference for her and her business. Valerie's journey into the world of construction and safety equipment is quite unique. An interesting conversation at a networking event sparked her interest and led her to pursue a completely new path. From being a financial advisor and behind a desk to a safety equipment business owner out on tarmacs and just every kind of construction site you can imagine is something we don't see every day. You will learn that one of the keys to Valerie's success is that she sought out mentors to guide her through the process of learning about her industry before she even got started. She shadowed these mentors and asked a ton of questions when starting up. Valerie absorbed all of the advice and then took her business to the next level by asking even more questions of her customers and the community she served. Being vulnerable and admitting you don't know everything or have all the answers is actually a very successful strategy. Whether you're already an expert in your field or just getting started, you will want to hear Valerie's important story of really knowing your customers and how it can set you up for success and help you grow even faster. It's clear that Valerie is passionate about safety and helping others. Her commitment to providing excellent service and knowledge to her clients and asking questions is sure to set her apart in the industry and help her business continue to grow and succeed. Are you asking enough questions in your business? All right, Valerie, welcome today. And I want to dive right in. So your company has been in business for 11 years now. You're woman-owned in a basically male-dominated industry. You have products that fluctuate with the economy and are affected by supply chain. 
COVID definitely affected your industry. You have a lot of wrenches thrown in there and could make your business a big challenge. Yet, you've been on the Inc. 5,500, which is even better than the Inc. 5,000, the Inc. 500 fastest growing companies. Your team continues to grow. Your products and services continue to expand and your business just continues to evolve. I really want to know what contributes to your success. Thanks, Tina. Yes, no, I'm I'm so excited. Eleven years. It's it's really my clients that have built the business. Um, I built the company really asking questions. I needed to learn because I was so new to the industry. I stepped into something that it was um, new to me. So really, I felt like by asking questions to the people who are actually in the industry, that was the best way to learn. Um, so. I call my clients the experts. Uh, I work with so many different multiple trades within the construction industry. Uh, they all have different hazards, different needs. They all have different opportunities that have presented to them. They all have different issues. So really, I think by asking them questions, it was able for me to form what's next for them or how we can provide the right services and, and build a company around really what their needs are. So... Let's go back to the beginning. I mean, I can see, you know, myself and everyone listening remembers their first, you know, few months and first few years. And most often, I feel like people go into the industry having a plan and being like, here's what I'm going to do. And then they go out to their potential customers and be like, here's what we do. Here's what we sell. Here's how wonderful we are. And a lot of we, right? I remember I was the sole owner in the beginning and I weed all day long because it was, I didn't want to be the solo person who didn't know what they were doing and really kind of hid the fact because I was similar to you. I didn't have a clue, didn't have a clue how to run a business, didn't have a clue how to run home health care. And I faked it. And, you know, thankfully I became successful, but it sounds like you had a different path where you were asking a lot of questions and sounds like you were vulnerable to your potential clients or customers. So tell me a little bit about how that that seems like a different approach, but yet obviously successful for you. So it's it's funny because getting into the business, I mean, ultimately I got in, I was a financial advisor for 15 years. So I was used to wearing the high heels, the suits, you know, working with people's individual assets, the corporate assets. Um, I ended up going to a meeting as a networking opportunity and was presented with the SBA kind of indicating, hey, you know what? In construction, we would desperately like to find women to get into the construction industry for our government contracts. So that night I went home and I had three little ones at home and kind of sat back and started talking to my husband who owns a a structural steel business. And I said, what could I do? What could I do within the um, construction world, within the construction industry um, to where I can go ahead and um, maybe start working with the government? And so the first thing he said was in his trade, his industry, safety equipment was was a necessity. It was just so important. That would be a great avenue for me to take. And I kind of stepped back thinking, you're crazy. Like there's there's I don't know anything about fall protection. I don't know anything about harnesses. I don't know anything about safety when you're walking the steel. Um, but so what I ended up doing was um, trying to connect with the right mentors um, trying to find people that I could really start asking the questions and maybe even following around. So I, right out of the shoots, I ended up meeting, um, an old retired, I'm not going to say old, a retired ocean inspector 
um, which he gave me the opportunity. I still had two jobs at the time. I started up the company, but for the first two years, I followed this retired ocean inspector to a job site. He worked as a third-party consultant. So he went down to a very known big job that was here in Colorado. And his job, his main job was to look from OSHA's eyes into the job site with all the trades and all the general contractor, the subcontractors, and really kind of dig into um, specifically what was wrong with the job. Uh, So I thought that was a great opportunity. I followed him around for months. Um, I watched him take pictures, ask questions, dig into the details, which just gave me that much more inspiration, really, I guess, to sit back and, and realize that there's so much more to a job site. There's so much more to the trades and the job at hand that you don't know if you don't ask questions, um, which I think a lot of people, unfortunately, jump into safety um, by making assumptions. And I think it's just a dangerous, dangerous avenue to take. Yeah, that well, for sure. Like anyone who's purchasing safety equipment, especially like you said, like the large commercial hanging from a steel beam, you want to make sure that person uh, sold you the right equipment for sure. But also just from your history there, I mean, going from financial advising to safety equipment Mm -hmm. and supplies. It was a um, shift. (laughs) Big shift, big shift. Big shift. I was definitely a fish out of water, which I think that was fun. I think it was challenging. And, you know, especially with building up a mentor relationship with the retired ocean inspector and also working with one fall protection manufacturer said, hey, you know what? We'll give you a shot. They were the one because I had $50 in my pocket and I thought, you know what? This is how we're going to go ahead and grow it. They were the two people that gave me the, the initial opportunity. And once I started, you know, taking that experience and I started listening and watching them, I did. I just fell in love with the industry and I thought, you know what? A hundred percent. This is, I can do this. That's awesome. Well, and obviously you can, cause you're super successful today and have evolved so much, but I guess, yeah, I, you know, those listening and thinking like, oh, I have to go into business for this thing. Cause that's the thing that I know. It's not always no. your calling. No. No, no, you're exactly right. You know, and I think the last thing I would have ever done, because again, I was, I've always been in the male dominated world as within the financial, financial advising definitely is and then yes. getting into construction. And, you know, a couple things that I was thinking about was, you know, you give me respect, I will give you respect. And then you turn it around and say, I will give you respect. You give me respect. And I think that's really important in the industry is to be able to, again, by asking questions, by digging in and, and, you know, really trying to find out all the integral pieces of how the industry or their particular companies work. It really does build that rapport. We're in a rapport industry. It builds the respect. It builds the knowledge. So it gives us a huge amount of opportunities by just asking those questions, the hard questions. And they want to tell you, our clients want to tell you what they need. And yeah, absolutely. I, I want to reiterate that what you said too, because I'm you're, you provide products, right? You have tangible things that people can come in and purchase off the shelf and go use, but you're in a service business regardless. And a lot of people think that when they're, I just, I just sell this widget or this thing, but really you have to listen to your customers. You have to know what they want. You're communicating. It really is relationship because especially with 
online shopping and all the things today, you can buy a widget from just about anywhere. So it's the person you have the relationship with that is where the success comes in. Would you agree? Yeah, 100%. You know, and I think initially starting the company, I was selling just the widgets. We were selling safety equipment, which was just a tangible object. And I think by, you know, the time, probably year four, year five, that's when we stepped back and I said, you know what? My bubbles that I made in all of my, you know, notebook pages where I was trying to create what the company was going to look like. The bubbles just kept getting bigger and bigger and then crossed out and then bigger and bigger. And it was just coming to the realization that there was so much more that we needed to offer to try to satisfy anybody who was even buying the widget. So again, that's when Colorado Safety has kind of evolved into three different divisions because training was a necessity. So people were buying the fall protection. They were buying the equipment, the harnesses for their teams, but it was just as important to turn around and train them on how to use it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I can see that. How did your first couple customers, I know we, we've talked offline and, and you said that your customers really shaped where you took your business and you alluded to that a little bit now of like, oh, they need the training on that. If you were to look back and say, if you knew your industry, I'm assuming you would have like created this plan and this is what I'm going to do. So how did your customers and really that communication and that listening and and really being a partner to them. It's kind of what I'm hearing you say. How did that really drive you differently in your path than you, what you would have thought, especially in that one year, two year, three year in that growing mode? And, and even today. I am so glad that I did not have it all mapped out before I started the company. I, I am because really my clients formed this company. I can really um, look back at all of the things that I have learned over the last 10 years, it has all been for my clients. It's been for my clients. It's been for my manufacturers. It's been from the companies that we're closest to. So I'm so glad that I didn't have it all mapped out saying, here's how. Now, with that said, I did have a business plan, had a business plan. We had it all mapped out. Who are my competitors? Where's the office located? What's the traffic? You know, what's my opportunities? All of that stuff was done. But by the time it was done, I never actually relied on it um, because I realized that the company had its own pathway. Um, and again, the pathway was built by listening to the industry, by going out and actually physically seeing the different job sites and seeing some of the hazards and seeing the frustrations on people's faces um, when it came to the industry as a whole. You know, I realized that we really do have we can sell to anybody, anybody and everybody, whether it's the CEOs, the CFOs, we can work with the safety managers, the superintendents, project managers, all the way down to the person who is 100% just wearing the equipment. All three of them have different demands. All three of them have different suggestions. All three of them have different pressures on their shoulders. And if I didn't listen to every single person in each one of those categories, we wouldn't be where we're at today. Yeah, and you th you talk about all those different avatars, right? Of a customer, you, you're selling. You're not just selling to one or two types. You're selling to ten, fifteen potential different customer profiles or avatars. So, how do you, as a business owner, manage to make sure? I mean, that's a lot of different types of people to listen to, and then for every customer that you have, you've got those many different people that you can sell to within even just every vendor or every customer. How do you manage all that? Or what would you recommend for other people who have that kind of variety to just stay on top of it? 
you know, I ask my say, the same question every day. You know, I mean, it, it is one of those things where it's funny because because I open myself up and I like constructive criticism. I am a pivot girl where if I come up with a idea or a decision and I open it up to get advice from other people or, um, you know, get feedback from others, I have, I am known to pivot. I have every opportunity to go ahead and say, you know what, we were going to do this, but now we're going to do this. Um, and a lot of that is to my staff or again, to my clients or to different manufacturers. I think that's one thing I th as a small business owner, you have to be willing to pivot. Um, to make changes. Don't just be structured in, I'm sorry, that's not on the agenda. That's not what I'm supposed to do. That's not part of the plan. Uh, because I think when you put yourself within that box, um, it's really hard to get out of. Um, so if you start a business, I think taking those initial steps is opening up your mind, opening up your heart, opening up your capability for criticism um, or suggestive criticism. And, you know, take all of that in and then build your decisions off of it. I, yeah, absolutely. I completely respect that. Are you an accomplished woman business owner with a story to tell? Do you crave a platform where you can share your journey, the good, the bad, and the ugly? Hey, everyone, it's Tina here. If you're fans of the show, then you know we are a show that celebrates the strengths and resilience of women entrepreneurs just like you. As we're getting this podcasting community going, I thought it would be fitting to an extended invitation to apply to join me as a guest on our Top 100 podcast platform. I started Women Choosing Growth because I believe that real growth happens when we come together and share our expertise and our experiences. We want to hear your inspiring stories, the challenges you face, and the lessons you've learned on your entrepreneur journey. Whether you've triumphed over adversity or faced setbacks head on, your story has the power to inspire and empower other women just like you. This platform is for you to showcase your achievements, highlight your expertise, and create meaningful connections within our community. So if you're a fearless woman business owner, unafraid to open up about your path to success, we want you on our show. Go to www.womenchoosinggrowth.com and join our community. From there, you'll be given the chance to fill out the short application. If you believe that you have a story to share, then why not? Once again, it's www.womenchoosinggrowth.com. I can't wait to feature more amazing and talented women in this community. Now, back to the show. What about have any, because I'm thinking of other businesses too that we've worked with and, you know, for one, a lot of people didn't even know the word pivot until 2020, right? And like, they were just like, this is great. Business is building, we're going in the right direction, and then wham. And a lot of people had to pivot for the very first time. And I think it's a lot easier now that for business owners who have gone through 2020 and 2021, and it's like forever pivoting from there. But I wonder, what about when your customer wants you to... is saying they need one thing, but how would a business owner... And, and has this happened to you where you're hearing, hey, we want this thing or this service, or, you know, we want your business to go down this path because it would help me, the customer. How would a business owner know not to 
always chase what the customer wants because I've seen where that's not necessarily a great path for a business. What would you recommend for someone to know when it is time to follow a customer versus when stay on the path of what you're planning for your business? All business is not good business. Um, and I think that's one thing that I really try to stress, not only to to me and remind myself, but um, there was opportunities that presented our, every single day. We get different opportunities to take a different path, maybe look at new opportunities or uh, maybe get into a business that we're not necessarily comfortable with. And we do have to sit back and think about reality. And it, it really does come down to all businesses, not good business. Um, sometimes it's it doesn't hit the margins that is our goal that we've set for ourselves. Um, maybe it's just people that don't bring us joy um, because there's a lot of clients that come in here. And if I don't enjoy working with them or, or they're not nice to the crews, you know, those are important things that, you know, to, to really step back and put it into reality of, is this really the route that you want to take? Um, because it can be very demanding and not give you the profitability that you're looking for. So it sounds like you have some guidelines and and putting words in your mouth, but almost like have your bumpers of where you're willing to go outside and follow a client or a a customer or client, but also have some of those bumpers. Is that what I'm hearing you say? A hundred percent. You know, and I think my bumpers are, uh, you know, very... I, uh, the, the three rules that I would go ahead and, and really kind of shrink down to the 30,000 foot view would be number one, don't work with people you don't want to work with. Um, again, all business is not good business. That's that's a huge reminder for me daily. We offer a solid service. We run a business. We can't run on 5% margins, just like our clients or the people who sometimes ask us to get into a very uncomfortable space they can't run their businesses on certain margins also. So um, those are times that we have to step back and say, you know what, just take us out of the bid or take us out of the opportunity. Because again, me, my employees, the company, we need to be able to have our surrounding um, on when we actually start losing money um, versus making money. Um, So that's something that's really important. Um, And another one I think, and I mentioned it earlier, was respect. You respect me, I respect you. Um, or vice versa, I respect you, you respect me. Um, and I think those are three integral pieces that I hope everybody in my company knows that they can do on a day-to-day basis. Right. And I, I mean, I've, I've worked with your team too. And I know that as a leader, you're really good about about giving them the the reins, basically, like in, in those bumpers, like, hey, here's our margin goals, which every business is in business to make money. So there's, you you, you need to know what that is, Right. But then as long as like you've given them the reins to do that and I, you know, part of your success is your team. You know, one thing that we've done um, and I'm so lucky to have my team um, and I think they've they've given us the opportunity to really take the company kind of to the next level. I think, um, you know, one thing that we've tried to do is um, build a new CRM system um, to where we can go ahead and we can find out by asking questions but why did we lose the business? Why did we earn the business? Um, we have certain playbooks that have specific details on if somebody calls in, they're asking about this, these are the questions to ask. So again, I think going back to asking questions to, you know, that somebody who's never done business with us and they're calling into the office, because it's not always about the price. Again, it's communication. It's our responsibility to show what we can provide instead of just price. 
Uh, the overarching thing that I continue to hear you say, what you're sharing with people is that it's not the product or service, right? It's it's more of how you deliver it and how you're a part of your of your client or customer, or however you call those people. Is like how you're part of their business as well. Yeah, and I think education is huge. It doesn't always have to have a price tag. You know, we want to we want to be a part of the team and make sure that they're going home to their family safe every day. You know, and so. Some companies that matters. Some companies that that's not necessarily they provide it in house. It's not necessarily something that they want to lean on. But again, those are the things that you have to find out from from your clients as you're working with them. What matters? You're taking your success and why you continue to grow is really attributed to a lot of things, obviously. But one of the big things I'm hearing you say is you take it to the next level. Yeah, and I think it allows you in any business in any industry, any company that you're you're building and growing. And I'm sure a lot of your listeners and a lot of your business partners that you work with will agree. But by asking questions, it's building rapport. Mm-hmm. You're you're not just it's not just a person. I I adore my clients. I love when they come into the office and you know we really get to start digging into certain opportunities that they have in front of them, some different hazards, concerns, issues, and really start building that rapport by asking those questions of, okay, great. So then what are you going to do with it? And how can we step in and try to assist you try to... And so it's just, again, it's building those the, the rapport. And I think by educating people, whether it's, hey, here's new products, or even giving just free advice out there, it could save a life. It could save, in my industry, it could save a life. And in a lot of people's industries, it could save a marriage. It could save, I mean, there's just, the list could go on. Sure. Absolutely. Well, as we're thinking about some of the people listening, you know, that could be like, ah, that's a lot of time. Maybe they're a small business and it's themselves as the business owner, or they have one or two staff that are wearing all the hats. So you know, that's, that's hard when you're at capacity on time, you're trying to make your budgets, you know, you're looking at margins, you're trying to find new customers. What would you say to those people who are listening and then go like, I'll do that later when I have more time or I have more staff, I'll, I'll really dive into my customers then. What would you say? Um, opportunity costs, mm-hmm. I guess. We all should know that it's easier to keep a current customer or client than it is to get a new one. So that that would be something that I would share of, yes, it's hard, especially when you're in growth mode and you're just like trying to make it through the day and get all the tasks done. But to really, really take the time with those clients to continue to build that relationship so that they don't leave because it costs a lot more time and energy to get a new one, right? And referrals. I know, um, you know, again, they, uh, my business has been... I haven't had a full sales team, to be honest. I mean, it's it seems like a lot of the business that we have on the books is business coming to us, um, whether it's, and I'm not saying 100%, but a lot of it has to be a referral base. So I think a lot of the relationships and the build building of rapport allows the opportunity for them to say, hey, we're currently working with Colorado Safety. We sure would like you to go in and, and stop in or our name's going to be at the top of the list when people run into certain issues. Because I think the referral business should always be one of your top three is what you need to do in order to build a referral base. Circle of influence. Exactly. 
Like you might have paid for that first customer if that's the industry where you're paying for Google ads or whatnot. But then all those referrals are just like literally make your phone ring with little to no effort. And sometimes you might have to ask for referrals. But again, they're quick. It's a warm lead versus a cold lead. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. And again, I think going back and if you did go ahead and pay for the lead, whether it's a Google ad or somebody comes into the office for the first time, how are you going to go ahead and and put them into a situation to where they would want to refer you? Um, And again, in my scenario, it's stepping back and, and finding out just some of those leading questions of working in Denver. What brought you here? What is your trade? What are some of the different job sites? Oh, interesting. So tell me. And then you just start digging into just additional questions that just roll and roll and roll. Now you found out a lot of information about there's a huge job site. There's 30 different subcontractors. You have every opportunity potentially, I don't know, have a hot dog party and, and you know, show up and maybe do a presentation on fall protection demos. Um, you know, and so again, by asking those questions, not only are you building the rapport because they like talking about it. People like talking about themselves. And people buy from people they like. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So there's, if nothing more, there's at least two reasons why people should take the time to really get to know their ideal customers. And for one, it's easier to, it's cheaper and easier to keep someone happy than to find someone new. And because that's how people buy and the referrals and, and, you know, all the reasons we could spend all day talking about why it's important to build a relationship. But what, what is the one thing that you would, besides those, what, what is one thing that you would say you must do as a business owner besides getting to know and having some of those conversations? I feel like it's a must do. You must be passionate about what it is you're doing. You can set up a company and you can have a pathway of this is the route that I need to go to. But if that doesn't bring you happiness, if it doesn't bring you joy, you have every right to make that pivot, stay in the industry and take a different path. Um, And so I think that's something that's really important for every business owner is be passionate about what you do. And if, if you're not, then go ahead and, and make those changes now before you get too far down that, that path, um, that it just makes it harder to do U-turn. I absolutely love that, Valerie. You just gave me goosebumps. And, you know, and I, I'm, I'm sitting over here smiling because like, yeah, you're a financial advisor who went into this safety supply industry. Like, who, who would have thought you'd be like, I'm super passionate about safety and supply, but it's really about the service you're providing. And I, I, I you know, know you personally, and that's what gives you joy of helping people in such an amazing way that you do. So I agree 100% that you have to really enjoy. I mean, we work so much in our lives that you have to really enjoy it. Agree. And you have to enjoy. And again, that the people, the people you work with and the people you surround yourself that could either make you or break you, you know? So again, having those, those good clients that you bring in, that you want to work with, you have every opportunity to be able to choose who you want to work with. Um, and if they make you happy, I just am lucky because I've got thousands and thousands of clients and I enjoy working with almost all of them. Um, and anybody who we didn't, they have other opportunities to work with other people, you know? So it's just, it's, it's, we're very fortunate. I appreciate it. Any last words for today? I know I appreciate it. I think um, I, I appreciate the opportunity. I think it's it's so exciting to be able to be a woman in a male dominated industry, and I like hearing 
And I can't wait for the other podcast to come out because I feel like being in a round table of other women that are in similar situations as me just makes us more visionary. It makes us more passionate. It makes us more powerful. Um, and I just, I, I can't wait. I can't wait to hear some of the other things on your podcast to try to make me and my company better. So thank you. Yes. We're stronger together. We're stronger together. I appreciate it. Thank you, Valerie. Thanks. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please be sure to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. The Woman Choosing Growth Show is not just another podcast. It's a tribe of women helping each other grow. So please share this podcast with all the women entrepreneurs that you would love to see succeed. If you'd like to know more about customized business advising through Cultivate Advisors, download business tools, or sign up for upcoming events, visit www.womenchoosinggrowth.com. Once again, that's www.womenchoosinggrowth.com. Remember, we are in this together. See you on the next one.